and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Perkiavot, Ethics of the Fathers, and we're in chapter 5, Mishnah 13, where it says that there are four character types amongst people. One who says, my property is mine and yours is yours, is an average uh, type of person. But some say this is a characteristic of Sodom. Then the second one is, mine is yours and what is yours is mine. It is an unlearned person, this is unrealistic. Then the third one is, what is mine is yours and yours is yours, and this is a very righteous, uh, scrupulous person. And the fourth one says, yours is mine, and mine is mine, and that is considered a wicked person. So in the book of Visions of the Fathers of Rabbi Abraham Tversky, uh, he comes to give us two opinions in the Mishnah about the person who, who says, what is mine is mine, and what is yours is yours. Uh, are not really all that divergent. The first opinion is not a, a pejorative and merely states a fact the, the average person, the most common character trait is a person that understands what he owns is his and your property is your property, my property is my property. Um, and the most common character type as an essential, essentially isola isolationist attitude. He does not wish to take anything that belongs to another person, but he also doesn't want someone else to come and take his, his property. So um, neither he's willing to share or neither he's willing to take from someone else. And, um, and it says that this, this type of characteristic, which the Mishnah says is the most common type, really, if you look deep into it, has some uh, relevance of how the people of Sodom and Gomorrah used to be. Uh, in the way uh, that, that it, it, it renders a judgment, it is a mistake to think that just because it, this type person is not, a, is not a criminal in that he does not steal from other people, this is a viable option to the contrary, failure to be considered, considerate of others may actually be self-destructive and can result in the collapse of society like Sodom and Gomorrah. So what it's saying, Rabbi Tursky here, is that this is a person that really is um, he, he has no feeling for anybody else, like, just leave me alone. This is the, 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 the way that he thinks. Like, leave me alone. What do you want with my stuff? Why should I share you, my food with you? But if your neighbor's house catches fire, says Rabbi Tversky, this wouldn't be a good attitude. Because if your neighbor's house is on fire and you would thinking, oh, my house is my house, his house is his house, it's his problem, let him call the fireman then you know your all your house also can catch fire so it's not such a good uh, character trait to to have it's not the best ideal way to be because we should be worried about other people's things and we should really take care of other people's things 
and if we are able to share our stuff we should share our stuff if it's, it's if it's if it makes sense so let my neighbor worry about it you are putting your own home in jeopardy because the fire can spread to your own property so no person is an island nor is an, a nation an island we don't live isolated um, the, the idea of the Torah is that we are responsible for each other. Uh, if a person is suffering, we're all suffering. If a person is happy, we're all happy. And this, this idea that what is, yours, what is mine is mine and what is yours is yours really is not the Torah type of, of mentality. Uh, and so the Mishnah states that, regrettable, that the, the, the regrettable fact that most people fail to recognize the reality of interdependence that we all depend on each other and think they can be secure with their own boundaries and this is an illusion says Rabbi Tversky. The aphorism attributed to by Benjamin Franklin is very valid where he said we either hang together or we will hang separately but we will hang. Um, there's no way like if, if a person is if there's a, an epidemic somewhere in the world and the world is not worried about helping these people get well, then this epidemic can easily trickle down and come to your own country. So the second category, what is mine is yours and what is yours is mine, doing away with the concept of private property, is also not the Torah mentality. It's not the, the, the righteous way to live. This, it's, it says here that the, this type of uh, character um, is, is an unlearned person. This is a person that is very ignorant of really of, of how things work. Um, and, the, and it says, this is indicative of ignorance. This is essentially the theme of communism. This is the idea of sharing the wealth, of taking away from the rich, giving to the poor. Uh, and in, in reality, if you read it, it's very lofty and it sounds beautiful in paper, but in reality, in practice, it's, it's really a, a disaster. Because at the end of the day, it's not gonna work. There's always people, greedy people, who are gonna take the wealth of the rich, the poor are going to continue to be poor, the rich are going to become poor, and there's a group of people, the elitists and the tyrants, that are going to become rich. So anecdotally, uh, Rabbi Tversky is telling uh, that he has a friend that visited one day Russia um, when the communism was dying in Russia, and he wanted to reserve rooms in a hotel. He was taking a group of people, he was doing a tour, and he wanted to take some rooms in a hotel. And when he called the hotel to reserve the rooms, they told him that there was, the, the, sorry, the hotel is full and there's no rooms. There's, we cannot accommodate you. So he was like, really? There's no vacancy. So he contacted uh, someone that, uh, that called the hotel, a Russian friend, that bribed the, the manager, and they were given their rooms. And interestingly, when they came to the hotel, they discovered that the hotel was completely empty. It was not true that the rooms were taken. There was nobody in the hotel. It was only them. So the, the man was very curious, and he went to the manager, and he asked him, why when I called you to reserve the rooms, 
why did you say that the hotel was full when in, in, in reality it's empty? So the hotel manager said to him, why should I take in customers? It really makes no difference to me if I have a full hotel or a not full hotel. I don't gain anything by having a full hotel. And at the end of the day, I have to work double if I have a full hotel. So for me, it's better to have it vacant and I really don't care. So a person may be motivated to do something, Leshem Shamaim, in the name of God, in, in the name of heaven, because he wishes to obey the divine will or for a personal gain. But the atheistic and economic communists, this is the mentality of the communists, um, concepts is that they deprive people of all motivation. So yes, they start very nice, they start washing people's heads, you're gonna have free this, you're gonna have free, free that, you're gonna uh, live like a king, we're gonna take away from these people to give to you, this is the fair thing to do. And But at the end, this government creates fear, it becomes a very big government, it starts controlling everybody's life, and they start giving, get, get, bringing fear to the people that don't go with the government and when fear is the only motivation a person will try to do the least possible to not get in trouble with the government and and, and, the, and not get punished so at the end of the day they they lose all motivation in life they don't want to be better they don't want to they have no nothing to gain so while we can expect a person to be charitable and to share with others, human nature is such that the elimination of private property must backfire. Uh, there's a book called The Animal Farm. I read it when I was in high school by Orwell. And it's a very interesting book because it's a, it's a farm, it's an animal farm. And the whole thing is this communist concept where all the animals are given equality and they live as equal but some are more equal than others. And the Soviet experiment clearly, clearly demonstrates this. So poverty can be eliminated, but not by this naive approach. If you make a country, a communist country or a socialist country, poverty is not gonna go away. It's gonna be even more. And the Torah states, may there be no destitute amongst you in Deuteronomy. Yet goes on to say in Ibit, for destitute people will not cease to exist within the land. So there's a, uh, uh, this is paradoxical. What is it saying? It's like, first it's telling us that, that there should be no poor people amongst us. And then it's telling us that they will never cease to exist in the land. So Rashi reconciles these two verses by pointing out that the elimination of poverty will be the result of God's blessing. Like it comes, it's a braha from Hashem that their people should not be poor. And it's clearly stated in the verse passage because God, will surely bless you and when we live according to the Torah we merit this divine blessing so Hashem created the world in a natural way he wants everything to seem natural cause consequence if you work you earn if you don't work you don't earn like he wants the world to have a flow of cause consequence of of of, of people being um, responsible and meritorious for the things they earn and so to be able to give us free will he has to create a world like that so what it's saying here is but at the end everything is abraha the amount of money you earn is not because you worked 
crazy hours or because you're so intelligent, it's because God gives you that blessing. But in the natural world, you have to work, you have to put your effort in order for that blessing to come to you. So if we, if we behave in a way that does not merit the, the divine blessings, there will always be poverty. So the Mishnah states that anyone who believes that poverty can be eliminated by the manipulation of, of economics is simply an ignorant person because he doesn't know how the world works. So the third category, what is mine is yours and what is yours is yours, is that of a pious person. This does not mean that a person must give away everything he has to that person, that he has to get rid of everything he has. The Alaha puts a limit and he gives us a, a guide in how to give and he tells us a person should give 10% of his earnings to tzedakah from 10 to 25 max and the sages say you should not give 25% because maybe one day you'll become needy. So, so what it's saying is that, that <clears throat> When a person is sharing what he has, when he's giving his maser, when he's giving what it's meant that he worked, that he suffered, that he, 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 he sweat to earn that money, and he takes part of that money and he gives it away to, to the poor, that is what it means this, um, in this Mishnah, that what is mine is yours and what is yours is yours. This is what it's referring to. And, um, and the fourth one, what's, which says yours, yours is mine and mine is mine, is a wicked person because really that person has nothing to give. It's like, a, it's a really, it, not only he has nothing to give, he doesn't even see that another person can have. So if he's taking from other people and he's never giving anything, he thinks that what the other person owns is his, then this is a complete unethical uh, way of, of life. So then Rabbi Tursky gives us a, a um, another uh, way of looking at this Mishnah and he says that the Hasidic master the Maggit of Koshnitz gave this Mishnah a novel interpretation so he said the average person on the street dichotomizes life part of life part of his life is a religious life like he puts everything in a different um, let's say in a different uh, square so part of his life is his religious life, part of his life is his observance of mitzvot, of Shabbat, all that. And then he has another part of his life which he separates completely, which is uh, his, his daily, day-to-day -day life. And he doesn't mix the two. So what it's saying here is that mine is yours and yours is mine. The, the Koshnitz Rebbe is telling us here is that what it's telling, the way in this, which this person separates everything, is what he's saying is that the mitzvot belong to Hashem, like the spiritual, my spiritual life belongs to God, but my mundane life belongs to me. So what is yours is yours and what is mine is mine. And this is not the appropriate Torah view of life because which is, we, the Torah tells us that we have to know Hashem in all His ways. And what it means is that we have to get to know God in everything. Even if you're washing your teeth, get to know Hashem when you're washing your teeth. If you're going to put on your shoes, get to know Hashem when you're washing your teeth. Everything you do, even in the mundane life, 
in business, in relationships, everything, there's, there's loss for that. There's a way of behavior that we have to keep. So, with the, so it says here that, uh, that, the, let, that we, with the proper attitude, everything one does can be considered in the category of mitzvot. Hence, the pious person says not only what is obviously yours, the mitzvot is yours, but also that which is mine, mundane activities, it's also yours. So, uh, you know, what is mine is mine, and what is, what is mine is yours, and what is yours is yours, which is this as a pious person, what he's saying is that everything I do is for Hashem. What, the, my mundane life is Hashem's and the, my godly life is Hashem's. So the ignorant person does not realize that everything in life is controlled by God except the choice between right and wrong, good and evil, which is left to man. How much can one will, one will earn is predetermined, but whether one will study Torah and perform its votes is up to man. So not realizing this, the ignorant person spends most of his time trying to make more money and leaves little time for spiritual pursuits. So this ignorant person who, who is the person that says eh, mine is yours and yours is mine is an unlearned person because he doesn't understand how God runs the world. So this is futile because he cannot make more than he, what it was decreed for him. So whatever is going to come to him, it's decreed by Hashem. It's not his intelligence that's making him money. Hashem gave him a sehel, he gave him intelligence to be able to work. But the blessing really comes from God. So the wicked person is a hypocrite. He has no desire to do the will of God. Everything in his life is self-centered. If, if it is to his advantage to give people the impression that he's observant of mitzvot, he may do them for show and exploit mitzvot for ulterior motives. Not only what is mine is mine, but then what should be yours which is Hashem's mitzvot, they're also mine. Because he's using them for his own egocentric reasons. He's not doing it for Hashem. So putting things in the proper perspective will allow every person to become uh, a more righteous person, a chassid. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.